and I was watching my mother die before my eyes, Lance. There would be times by the time dinner was over, my mother would go back to her bedroom and the pain was so significant, she was so tired. I, as a seven-year-old boy now at the time, as a seven-year-old boy, I would have to tuck my mother under her IV wires at night to say goodnight. She couldn't make it to my bedroom to read books the way that she once did to me. Life is gonna give you challenges, struggles. It's gonna force you to face your fears. Even though these may feel like your worst enemy, in truth, these are actually your greatest allies. My name is Lance Isios. Welcome to the University of Adversity. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to the show. You guys are in for a treat today. I was looking forward to this episode so much. This guy is on fire, and his podcast is literally called The Burn, which is just, it's so fitting for this conversation. This guy is a powerhouse. His name is Ben Newman. If you guys don't know about him, he's a highly regarded performance coach, international speaker, and best-selling author, whose clients include Fortune 500 companies around the world, business business executives, sales organizations, and professional athletes in the NFL, PGA, NBA, MLB, UFC, and NCAA. Ben serves as a mental conditioning coach for the 17-time national champion Alabama Crimson Tide football team and has worked with players from the last three Super Bowl championship teams. He has recently been selected by Influence.com as one of the top 10 motivators in sports and Real Leaders Magazine selected him as one of their 2019 and 2020 top 50 speakers in the world. This dude is a powerhouse. We jam-packed as much as we could in this episode. We talk about the main thing here, the main lesson that I really want you guys to take away from this is how you do everything or how you do one thing is how you do everything. And we break it down into what it takes to be disciplined, what makes a professional athlete a professional athlete, what makes winners, you know, what what sets them apart from people that don't make it. And really how the simple changes in your life can really impact your life the most, okay? We didn't even get to scratch the surface on all the stuff I wanted to cover with Ben because like there's just too much. We're gonna get him on next time. We're gonna get them on again in September and we're gonna rock it out again. So this will be part one. You guys enjoy this episode. If you guys get value, share it with a friend. Obviously subscribe to this episode, subscribe to the podcast as well. They come out Monday, Wednesday, Friday, if you don't know by now. Relax, enjoy Ben Newman coming right up. And we're going. Ben Newman, welcome to the show, man. How are you today, brother? Lance, thank you so much. Uh, appreciate the opportunity to be with you and with all your followers and University of Adversity. That's a topic built for me, so I'm excited. Man. <laughs> I know, man. I know. After going through a lot of your work and your, you just, just the energy that you bring, and just how powerful um, it is to have that mental toughness and that resilience. And in what better way to come on the show and have a chat and, and educate and school some people on this topic? So. Well, hey, hold on, hold on. I, yeah. you're, you're putting me on a pedestal. I'm still trying to learn. I, I'm still trying to learn myself. So I'm uh, I'm on my 21st book of the year, and I still have two coaches myself. So I don't have this thing figured out yet, but I'll try to share a couple things. Isn't that true, though? It's like the more we learn, the more we realize we don't know shit, and we have so much yes. more to learn. And it's a beautiful thing. Yeah, yeah. I, I think the the moment that uh, that you feel like you have it figured out, there's only one way to go, and that's backwards. 
Yeah, that's so true, man. Well, let's um, let's let's take us back to the beginning, man. For the people that are just getting to know about you, I know you've probably told your story millions of times, <laughs> but especially somebody like you who can craft a story so well, I would love to just hear about how the hell did you get into all this stuff, man? And me being an athlete, um, you know, I almost almost made college, almost went to play pro in hockey. So um, it's, I really admire people that can sort of bring a room together and really pull that, that goal out of them and, and bring the best out of them. So how did you get into all this? Walk us through that a little bit. Well, I, I appreciate you asking that question. I think so many people see, you know, where somebody is yeah. and they think that they just wound up there. Yeah. <laughs> And that's why I think about the University of Adversity podcast. Uh, and just for me, that's what it's all about. You know, challenge and adversity, what you go through in your life, that's what determines the story that you write, how you respond, getting up one more time than you've been knocked down. And I just want to start by sharing, I'm not the only one on this, on this episode right now that has a story. Every single one of you, you have a story that defines who you are. It's a choice how often you connect to that story to drive your beliefs, your behavior, and the story that you write. Uh, I, I know you've highlighted some things about me to get people fired up and excited, but I believe my opportunity to be with all of you is a direct result of the fact that I've been shaken to the core in my life personally, and I've been shaken to the core in my life professionally. And that's why I still believe in having coaches right now, because I've needed them to pick me up off that mat of life during the days that I felt like I could not go any further. Mm. And for many of you listening, I'm going <clears> to <throat> take you way back to when I was a, a little boy. And, you know, for everybody, uh, you know, we learn so much as kids. Some of us face a lot of challenges, kids. Some of us have these great childhoods. And, you know, the worst thing that happens to you in, in childhood is your ice cream falling off the cone at Baskin Robbins. I wish I could tell you that was my life, but I had to grow up fast. And so I'll take you back. Uh, my parents were divorced at six months old, never knew them together. Just significant challenges between my parents. So here I am. I had an older brother, Drew and parents are divorced. By five years old, my mother was diagnosed with a rare muscle disease called amyloidosis. And I'm gonna take you guys right to it. because That's one thing, I do not hold back. I'm gonna give you guys my heart, my passion, my fire, that's what drives me, that's what the burn is for me, and I wanna connect you to yours and let you know that it's okay no matter what your title is, whether you're leading your kids, whether you're leading somebody or a team at work, the more authentic and transparent that you are, that's how we grow together. Not by acting like I'm perfect. Oh, I work with the Alabama football team and I work with all these NFL athletes and NFL teams. I got this thing figured out. No, I don't know shit. I'm trying the best I can to get this figured out in my life. And so go back to my mom, right? Five years old, she's diagnosed with amyloidosis, right? I'm a little kid. Yeah. This is 1983. And my mom, it was only, there were two hospitals in the United States at the time of her diagnosis treating the disease, the Mayo Clinic in Minnesota and the Boston Medical Center. Most people, let me take a step back, they don't even know what amyloidosis is. Lance, you're probably like, what is amyloidosis? Well, each and every single one of you in your muscles, you have amyloids. If you have an excess of amyloids, you have amyloidosis. The excess amyloids actually eat your muscles and you die. At the time of my mother's diagnosis, there was no cure for the disease. Even to this day, in 2020, there's still no cure for amyloidosis. There's treatments, no cure. So my mother gets on a plane in St. Louis, where I live, where I'm coming to you from right now. She gets on a plane and she goes to the Boston Medical Center, meets with a woman by the name of Dr. Martha Skinner. 
Dr. Skinner is one of the two foremost leading experts in the world for the treatment of amyloidosis. She tells Dr. Skinner, you're only the, Dr. Skinner tells my mom, you're only the second woman under 40 years old I've ever seen or heard of having amyloidosis. You have two to four years to live. How would you respond? Yeah. Right? How we respond to challenge and adversity determines the story we write. I said it earlier. And mm -hmm. I, I've seen it in my life to know it to be true for you. And so my mom takes out this journal, right? She's told she's going to die. There's no cure. And she takes out this old blue mead notebook. Maybe yours was another color. And she decides to allow that notebook to become a journal where she unleashed her positive mental attitude onto the world. She would write, beat the statistics, beat the odds, live with a disease that is chronic and fatal, believe in yourself, combat anything, purpose in life. My mother was driven by purpose. She helped me understand now when I look back on it that purpose is what overtakes your pain. How many of you right now are struggling? There's so much to be struggling with in the world today. But if you allow your pain to defeat you, you don't move forward. If you allow your purpose to drive you, you will attack every single day relentlessly. And that's what my mother did. And even when there was 24-hour nursing care in our house, Lance, I remember when 24-hour nursing care came into the house, went all the way to the back of the house, removed all of the belongings from my mother's TV room, she had her bedroom behind it, and turned it into a 24-hour nursing center. Every single day without fail, my mother, driven by her purpose to continue to be a leader for her two boys, she would look down this long hallway, IV stand in tow, Sometimes it took one nurse, sometimes it took two nurses, and she'd put one foot in front of the other, one foot in front of the other, one foot in front of the other, one foot in front of the other. So she got to the head of that dining room table, and she would look over to the right at my older brother, Drew, and say, Drew, how was your day at school? And then she would pan over to the left, and she would look me dead square in the eyes and say, honey, how was your day at school? You notice I got the honey because I was the younger son, Lance? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I got to break this up a little bit because I know you guys go deep on this podcast, but I also realize this is probably not what you expected. And I was watching my mother die before my eyes, Lance. There would be times by the time dinner was over, my mother would go back to her bedroom and the pain was so significant. She was so tired. I, as a seven-year-old boy now at the time, as a seven-year-old boy, I would have to tuck my mother under her IV wires at night to say goodnight. She couldn't make it to my bedroom to read books the way that she once did to me. Wow. That was my life. And so that's all I ever knew was challenge and adversity. Mm -hmm. And on November 2nd, 1986, my mother took the pen that she was writing with in this journal, and she passed it on to my brother and I to continue to write her story. And I deeply connect to that every single day. It's my mother's legacy. It's her passion. It's her fire. It's the way she lived her life as a teacher, as a leader, as an amazing mother of my brother and I, even though we, I had less than you know, eight years with my mom. Mm. And so I share that with you to say, I know that life is tough. I know that life is not easy. But I know that how you respond will be the difference. And I also know I'm not the only one that has a story. As I mentioned before I started, every single one of you, you has a story. So the question I have is, when you listen to this podcast, you know, do you actually listen to the stories of adversity and allow it to fuel you to know, man, maybe there's great strength in what I've been through. And that's what I found in my life is my adversity has brought me the greatest possible strength that I could ever have in my life. Man, I couldn't agree with you more. And, and that is the thing. It's like the changing the perspective on what adversity actually is, right? And so many think, oh shit, I got a challenge. Oh shit, struggle. I got to run away or I got to like 
hide from it. And when you can just learn that that adversity is going to be the medicine that you're, you need to get to the next level, like you need that to grow. And when you get comfortable with that and you realize that, like I look back at my life and I think about, holy shit, I went through a lot. And if I didn't go through that, I wouldn't be where I'm at today. You know, and it's, it's so important to understand that it's a gift. Like it is really, but it's the perspective. We got to be, we got to be empowered. We can't be the victim because shit's going to happen to all of us, right? It's going to happen, but how are we going to react? We can't control what's coming at us, but we can control how we react to it, right? Yeah, so I, I learned that very lesson from my mom. I call it the power to reframe. And there are there's six mental training tools that we use in the work in, in the world of business as well as sports. Yeah. And one of them is this power to reframe. And, and if I'm hearing you correctly, what you're sharing is we have the ability to reframe and focus on solutions, not problems. Yeah. Right? When, when we're met with challenge and adversity, you have a choice. You have a choice. I can curl up in a ball. I can cry. I can hide in the corner and I can do nothing. Or you can say, what is the positive solution? And I, I think for all your listeners, I don't want anybody to think that, you know, Lance and Ben ride around on unicorns and slide down rainbows and act like bad stuff doesn't happen. Yeah. I recognize bad stuff happens. I've told you, I've lived it. And there's more mm. to my story you haven't even heard yet. But the reality is you can reframe and choose a solution rather than focusing on a problem. That's mm -hmm. a choice and you can wire your mind to respond that way. It's not easy, but you have it in you to do it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And it's, that's the thing. It's like all this shit happens. It's going to happen. We've all we're all going to face that. And I, I, I've told these guys, all of you guys listening, I mean, I've opened up so much about <laughs> what's going on and that shit happens, but it's that reframing of it as, well, it's bad if we look at it like that, but this is this, that bad stuff is the only stuff that gets us to grow. You know, it's like you gotta, if you can crave that and invite that, and then it's, things get so much easier. And I can only speak for myself, but that has really opened up just my, my world at accepting that as part of the journey. You know? I mean, some, of the, some of the most significant struggles that I've had in business is what actually made me realize how important it was to focus on the things that we can control. Yeah. You know, the, the highest performers, okay, and I say this very humbly, it's not to impress anybody, but I've been able to work with some of the top athletes and business professionals that have ever walked the face of the earth. Yeah. And when, when, when you work with these individuals, you realize they're not seduced by success, right? When Jerry Rice and I shared the stage in Las Vegas, and that's arguably the greatest NFL player of all time, when Jerry and I were in the green room before we take the stage, Jerry looks at me and he goes, man, you know what I've never understood? How could somebody not give 100% when it's 100% their choice? Mm -hmm. He then goes out to the stage and he shares with everybody, he's like, man, if I had 169 yards, two touchdowns, MVP of the game on Sunday, I was the first guy in the building on Monday, breaking down game film, figuring out what were my opportunities to get better? Did I miss a route where Joe Montana couldn't put it on my number 80? Did I miss a block that would have sprung Roger Craig for a touchdown? What were my areas of opportunity? Not look at me, I'm great, I'm an MVP. And you meet people like that, and it yeah. makes me reflect back to 2010. 2010, I was a financial advisor at the time and growing this business. So I started speaking, writing, and coaching in 2006. But for a period of time, I was also a very high-level financial advisor, top 2% in the world. So I'm hammering it in the business world. I had three years in a row 
where I was like out of 10,000 advisors for a Fortune 100 firm, I was one of the top guys, top 200, 150. I mean, up there at the top, three years in a row, I crushed it. 2010, my ass got humbled. And I remember a conversation with my coach, man, I wanted to quit. I'm like, I already have a strong enough business speaking, writing, and coaching. I don't need this. Why am I doing this? And in that moment, he stopped me. And it's what I needed. And I was so focused on the results. Not a Jerry Rice mentality. Let's go figure out tomorrow. And I was already teaching these things. Mm. But the pain was so significant that I was facing in the business that I was just cloudy. I couldn't see in front of me. And so he helped me recommit back to the process. And I'll never forget that lesson. It's when I was humbled. It's from a business standpoint. I could connect to the audience better. I was, I was giving paychecks, writing paychecks back to the company that I worked for because I had to pay back commissions that were the size of NFL game checks. So it was extremely painful, but I had to reconnect back to the process. And the process is what allows us to get to that next level and to fight through the pain. Stay connected to the burn, understand the process that drives your success, consistently hammer those things every single day, and you'll fight through adversity. But it's yeah. a choice. It's not easy. Yeah, this is, I, this is, such, a, this is such a great topic when you're talking about these you know, professional athletes and just what's going on in their brains and how they look at things. Like I watched that Michael Jordan thing on Netflix. That was, that is just like, I get goosebumps talking about it, man, because it's like, that is the thought process in an athlete like that is just so different than the regular person. Never mind like somebody that doesn't make it to pro, but just like that level. And where, where do you see that? Like how, what separates greatness, these real, these amazing athletes, like the, like, like you said, like the people you've worked with, like what separates average from great? And how does that all tie in with like mental toughness? What are some of the things that they do? Yeah. So I'll share a quote with you from coach Saban. Right, so Nick Saban, arguably the, one of the greatest coaches to ever coach anything, head coach of the Alabama football program, arguably the greatest college football coach of all time. Yeah. So Coach Saban, at Lance, if you were to come to practice with me, we'd be standing on the sideline. You would hear Coach Saban say things like, the way you do one thing is the way you do everything. And I remember two years ago, it was February, so it was like preseason training, right? I mean, you just come yeah. off of the last season. Next season isn't for months. So they're literally doing conditioning for a season that's going to be months and months from now, right? It's not going to, I mean, they're not going to go to training camp until August and it's February. Yeah. And they were doing off season conditioning and coach Saban has his hands down on both knees and he's standing at the 10 yard line and the team was starting at the goal line. So they were going to run 10 yards. Then they're going to run twenties then thirties then forties then fifties. First group goes, blows the whistle. Okay. Stop, 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 stop. Well, stop, stop, stop. He says, you went off sides. He goes up to this one player. You just went off sides. And he says, don't you understand the way you do one thing is the way you do everything. If you're going to go off sides in February, you're going to go off sides in the middle of a critical game in October. Get your asses back on the line and do it again. And that's the difference. If you're going to do it, you might as well do it right. And I'm going to ask a question because nobody can see me, okay? And so you guys can see us. We can't see you. So I can't see you raise your hand or nod your head, but I want this to feel like a coaching session between you and I. Have you been showing up in your life cheating the damn line? Any area of your life. 
Have you been showing up and cheating the damn line? Because if you've been cheating the line, yes. you forget. Yeah. Lance, these are like childhood lessons. Like, don't cheat the line. If you cheat the line, you cheat yourself. Yeah. Yet we as adults, we continue to cheat the line over and over and over and over again. And then we get pissed off. And Lance, you probably get a DM. Man, like, what's going on? I'm not getting the results. It's like, how many times are you cheating the line? Yeah. Because we say how bad we want it. Here's the difference, okay? The highest performers, they say how bad they want it, and then they attack every single day. Many people who are struggling, they will tell you, Lance, man, I want it so bad. Legacy is so important to me. And then you and I go have a conversation with their action, and it's a completely different story. And when I have a conversation with your action, and when I can watch you and observe how you show up every single day, I, as a coach, can identify how bad you really want it. Now, the positive news is, I always tell people, if you've been cheating that line, we don't have to trip on anything that's behind you. But either you're going to choose to continue to cheat yourself moving forward, or you're going to realize what Coach Saban is, said, Coach Saban is saying. That's not a football lesson. That's a life lesson, brother. That is a life lesson. The way you do one thing is the way you do everything. And the highest possible for performers, they do things the right way, and they attack it every day. Man, it's that's so powerful. It's so true. It's like the basics of everything. <laughs> it's like if you you're just if you're cheating, you're only cheating yourself. Like you how you do the one simplest thing compounds how you do everything else. Like when you get up in the morning, if you're slacking in this one area, if you're not keeping those little promises, the whole day just unravels. Then you don't go to the gym, then you then you eat bad and it just compounds. It just turns so into the shitstorm. I'm going to give you a real life. This is going to be fun. I'm yeah. going to give you a real life example. Okay. So, and, and once again, everybody listening, I'm not saying this to impress you guys. I'm not perfect, but I do push myself. I do yeah. push myself because when you push yourself very hard, you show up in other areas that'll blow your mind what you're capable of achieving. So last year, I'm going to spare the story of how we got there, but I started doing what I called an unrequired workout. So the highest performers in the world, they do the unrequired. Those are the things that other people can't see, they won't talk about, they won't do, that we as high performers choose to make a priority. So a client of mine and I decided to hold each other accountable to a 32-minute workout regimen called the unrequired. It's made up of eight different exercises. It takes 32 minutes to complete it. Most people couldn't even do it one time through. They couldn't even make it through unbroken. So we do it unbroken, 32 straight minutes. Today was the 377th straight day that I've done it. Wow. Now, I, I do this in addition to my regular workout, right? So what used to be an off day is now a day that you do unrequired. What used to be a lift day is now the unrequired and a lift day, okay? Right. People hear this and they think I'm crazy. But the way I've now shown up in other areas of my life because I've been so disciplined to that has caused a level of intentionality and focus that I didn't know I had in me. I had to go and find it. And we all have that next level. So I'm not saying you all go do what I did, but you have to choose to become more disciplined. And then what ended up happening, and this speaks to the cheating again, this is what made me think of this. So after I got to 365 days, I was like, man, what's the next challenge? Like, what can I stack on top of this? And so my buddy Andy Frisella has yeah. a program called 75 Hard. So Andy's another St. Louis guy, and Andy's one of those guys being pushes the hell out of me, motivates me. I mean, you talk about iron yeah. sharpens iron. Yeah, and I was dude. like, and, and here, here's the deal, right? I was saying to myself, well, why do I need to do 75 hard? I'm doing my unrequired. 
And then it was like, no, 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 just because I'm a coach, just because I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I can do 75 hard. So I started 75 hard. Today is day three for me. Mm. My kids, it's the summertime, so in between calls, I'll go get lunch. Kids said they wanted Chick-fil-A. So I go to Chick-fil-A. I'm going through, of course I want Chick-fil-A. But because of 75 hard, I can't eat Chick-fil-A. Mm. If I take one bite of Chick-fil-A, I go back to day one. So I didn't touch the Chick-fil-A. Why am I sharing this story with you? Because a month ago, I would have ordered a four-piece strip for my son instead of a three-piece so I could have eaten one of the strips, right? I would have gotten in a little cheap, but I just tasted it, right? Mm. And so I've always been very disciplined in my diet, but just those little things, they stack up, yeah. right? So I used to say, well, my cheat days are Saturdays. But if I have a bite of a cookie here and you eat a chicken strip here, yeah, it's not the end of the world, but it's cheating. Yeah. It's cheating. And I'm cheating myself. And so I'm so excited about this 75 hard program, but I want to teach everybody a lesson. If you are challenging yourself to do something, have a finish line with a purpose. Okay. So my burn, right? So our podcast is called the burn. Yeah. And so I believe that everybody there's why and there's purpose, but then there's the burn that lights the why and the purpose on fire that causes you to take the necessary action every single day to perform at your highest level. So my burn is my mom. Every day I wake up, legacy, I'm going to connect to my mother's story. I want to connect Lance to his burn, his fire, his story, help others write their stories. That's why we're here right now, right? So my burn is my mom. 75 hard, I started on July the 6th. The reason why I started on July the 6th is because 75 days from July the 6th is September the 18th, which is my mother's birthday. Uh. So I have created a finish line that has such a significant purpose. I'm going to celebrate stacking 75 hard on top of my unrequired. What did I tell you? I'm still doing the unrequired. I didn't stop doing it. So doing both, I'm going to celebrate it on my mother's birthday because I choose to celebrate her birthday. And every time I think about eating a chicken finger, I think if I eat this chicken finger, I go back to one. I can't celebrate this on my mother's birthday. So you have to have things that push you and motivate you, but they're connected to that deep-rooted fire that causes you to say, I will not cheat. I know this takes discipline, but you have to choose to attack with discipline. Yeah, the connecting that, that goal to some sort of emotion that actually matters because they're so easy to just say you're going to do something and it's like, well, does it really matter? Do I really need to do this? You know, when you're getting up and it's cold and it's like, do I need to go outside and do this workout? It's so warm inside. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Yeah. And then what happens is you become obsessed with seeing how far you can push it. Yeah. Right. I mean, I, I do, I do crazy stuff. I'll ride a Peloton bike with a 30 pound weight vest. Right. I mean, just yeah. like goofy, goofy shit that makes you like, all right, I know right now I, I can look on this computer screen and there's all these people on the Peloton. Yeah. I know I'm the only craziest ass son of a bitch that has a 30 pound weight vest on. on one of these Pelotons <laughs> right now. Right. And so you do, you do these things where you tell yourself there's nobody. There's yeah. nobody that's willing to do these things. And so I know to some of you, it might be like, oh my gosh, this guy's like crazy intense. He may have some screws loose, but you know what? That's, that's how winning is done is you have to yeah. figure out what does it mean for you to push? And when you connect to a purpose that drives you, you will push yourself into the uncomfortable routinely and you will crave it even more. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's the stacking of all of those things, those little things that we cheat on during the day. You know, like it, that's, man, I've noticed that too. When I get up and if I say, I'm going to get up at five this morning 
and I do that. And then I go and I do my routine. The whole day just seems to unfold. Like I'm in, I'm in the driver's seat. You know, I'm not being driven by my phone. It's like those little choices right in the morning. It's like, it, it just shapes your whole day and how you look at it. And for myself, it's getting up early. If I don't get up at that time, I always have that feeling in the back of my head, like, oh, I let myself down a little bit today. And it, it, I hate it. What is yeah. the thing for you? Like, what is that? Like, what, how do you get that into that zone right away? And what are some of the non-negotiables? Like right out of bed, what does that look like for you? Yeah, so I'm a huge believer in, in morning routine. So I have what's called your prize fighter day morning. And for those of you that check out your mental toughness playbook, it, it, it's right in the playbook. It's exactly what a, a morning routine a design looks like, examples of what people do. I wake up crazy, crazy early. So I wake up at 2.44 every single day. And on my alarm, my alarm, you can actually name your alarm. A lot of people don't know this. See, a lot of a lot of you getting to your next level, it's finding your edge in the details, right? So anybody can set an alarm, but do you set your alarm with intention? So my alarm is set in another room, okay? So it's not in my bedroom. So that's number one. My alarm is in another room. So I physically have to get up out of bed. Is your alarm currently sitting right next to you? And then you yeah. want to tell me how you have a problem with the snooze bar? No yeah. problem. Of course you have a problem with the snooze bar. It's sitting right next to you, right? So it's in another room. If that alarm goes off, my wife is going to kill me, right? It's like, you better go turn that thing off. So I'm sprinting to go turn it off. When I look down on that alarm, you can actually name it. It says Janet Fishman Newman Legacy. So literally the first thing I see every single day is my mother's name and the word legacy. The moment I see that, it connects me to the fact that there's a reason why I'm waking up this early. This is how I attack the day. This is my quiet time to put my head in the Bible. This is my quiet time to attack my workout. This is my quiet time to plan my day, to do my motivation. Like my Instagram at continued fight and my yeah. Twitter at continued, that's me in the morning. Okay, that's not somebody doing that for me. You are getting what is on my mind every single morning. So I'm intentionally doing those things so I can give of myself to the world. And I've learned that those steps, this entire morning process, which takes me about three hours to get through, that morning process, it includes reading and all kinds of stuff. That three-hour process, that gets me rolling. Mm. Like, there's not, you, you can't say something to me that's going to break me when I've gone through that morning routine. So somebody, oh, we're not going to hire you to speak. It doesn't work in the budget, or we don't think you're a right fit. Okay, I'll call somebody else. Like, you're, you're not, no's aren't going to hurt me when I've prepared myself mentally to take on the rigors of running a business. Yeah, it's like you're putting on your mental armor for the day. It's like, Absolutely. You're, like, you're like, you're ready to take it on. And that's so true because if you don't do that, things emotionally, it's so easy to get emotionally thrown off, you know, especially being connected on the internet and apps and all this shit. And like, it's so easy to throw off ourselves if we're not programmed properly in the morning. Right. And yep. I really respect people that get up that early. So I want to dive into a little bit more of like, because Jocko Willink is somebody that I... I always thought, man, this guy's nuts getting up at 4.30. And then hearing yours, it's like, yeah. okay, but that's one thing is getting up early. But what's your nighttime? This is the thing that gets missed a lot too. Because obviously setting yourself up for the morning is important. How does, how does the night look? Because a lot of people don't realize the importance of that. Yeah, so for me, I, I am very, very organized, very, very detailed, very, very organized. So by the time I finish my workday, I know what 
tomorrow is going to entail, right? So I'm buttoned up. I know what the to-do lists are. I know what the action steps are. I know how I'm going to attack. I've learned to do that over time because when I shut it down, I want to have peace of mind. I want to be where my feet are with my family. So, you know, I love to cook. So every single night I cook for the family, right? So when I'm done with work, I'm locked in. I'm figuring out what's the menu going to be. What am I going to do? Like I'm doing stuff to get my mind off of work and to focus on my family. So we may go take a swim in the pool. I may play video games with my son. I may goof off with my daughter. My wife and I may take the dogs for a walk. I mean, whatever it is, I just want to be locked in on the family. Mm. And then, dude, I love watching TV. So my, my nighttime routine might be different, right? You might be looking for this buttoned up answer like my morning routine. No, it's like, that's how I unwind. Mm. And so I may watch a show with the kids or whatever it is. And I'm usually in bed by 9 or 9.30. Mm. And by 9 or 9.30, I, I, God bless me with the need to not have a lot of sleep. And so, you know, if I get five, six hours, I'm good. Yeah. So as long as I'm asleep by nine, nine thirty, I'm good to go. I'm ready to roll. Mm. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. Everybody's different. Right. And you know, whatever you need to do to get into that place. Um, and it's, it's can, I, can, I, can I share something here real yeah, quick? Of course. Yeah. That's it's, it's a great point that you made because here, here's one thing I think is so important. I always encourage people. You have to design your life the way that you want your life to be. Yeah. Right. So a lot of times somebody gets on here and goes, no, you can't do what Ben does. He doesn't really have an evening routine. He just kind of hangs out with his family. Well, guess what? That's what works for me. Right. So if that's what works for you, that's what you should do. You shouldn't have this organized meeting with yourself from nine to nine 30 to plan tomorrow. If that doesn't work for you, yeah. like if that doesn't work for you, don't do it. Some people would hear my morning routine and go, gosh, I could never be that disciplined in the morning. Well, you should probably have some discipline in the morning, but then don't wake up that early like me, yeah. right? Maybe, maybe you do design your day at the end. So I think, you know, a lot of times people listen to podcasts and they hear these things like, oh, I need to be this way. No, you need to be careful and meticulous and honest with yourself and determine if these are my goals and here's what I want, okay? I got to mm. grab it. I got to pull it down. I got to put it right in front of my face and I have to design. I have to reverse engineer all of my goals and say, here's what I need to do on a daily basis to get there. You know the answer. Yeah. We all know what we need mm -hmm. to do. It's just a matter of designing it, attacking it, and then doing it repeatedly. So true. We all know. We always have that, like, I know what to do here, but we're well, not doing it. Like, <laughs> it's like, it's like in, uh, so Andy's book, The 75 Hard Book, it was awesome. Because, you know, here I've seen him do this over two years, but never really yeah. are you in his head, right? And so yeah. you're kind of getting in his head. And he says, and this is so funny, kind of like the way you do one thing is the way you do everything. And there was a guy, I guess, on his 74th day, and he sends a message to Andy, and he's like, dude, he's like, I forgot to take my progress pick. But it's not the end of the world. It's just the progress pick. And Andy responded back to him, go back to day one. <laughs> <laughs> and the guy was like, what do you mean go back to day one? It was just the progress pick. And he goes, well, if it was just a progress pick, then why was it on the list of things that you needed to do? Right. So it's like we know what we need to do, but then when we don't do it, we want to make excuses to rationalize the behavior. Yeah. Dude, if the progress pick wasn't important, then it wouldn't be on the list. But here's what was interesting. Andy goes on to say, here's why a progress pick is important, because it causes you to live in the details. Uh, yeah, you're not going to you're not going to forget to do your 45 minute workout, but you're going to forget to take your progress pick. And if you forget the detail of taking a picture of yourself. What are you going to forget during the day? So he's helping you reprogram your mind to realize like you can lock in and focus at the most extreme levels. Yeah. Yeah. And that program is, it's about breaking it up too and, and being able to 
I, I attempted doing it. I didn't last long, but I also didn't prep myself enough for it. When I do it again, I'm going to go into it being like, all right, let's, let's like, you know, really be serious about this. Because if you can break that down, you know, first part of your day, second part of your day or however, you know, it's, it's just doing, it's those little things. It's the little steps. It doesn't have to, it seems daunting when you look at it, like, oh, how am I going to do all this? But if you can break it down, into the simplest forms possible, right? Throughout the day, it becomes a lot less daunting to look at, right? Yeah. But Lance, that's life. Yeah. See, totally. I, I, don't, I don't want people to hear this and go, oh, for me to be mentally tough, I have to do 75 hard or do an unrequired like Ben. No, you just have to do what you said you're going to do in your life. Yeah. And so I'm encouraging whatever that goal is, you got to break it down, figure out what the action steps are, and then do them. Yeah. Just do what you say you're going to do. See, far too often people, they allow their feelings to dictate how they show up. So one of the main things that I talk about when I give a keynote or when I'm working with a team is standard over feelings. You have to identify the standard, know what the standard is, and dominate the standard one day at a time. That's how winning is done. It's your ability to look in the mirror at the end of the day and say, today I gave it my very best. That's your standard. Mm -hmm. If you can do that every single day, nobody can take that away from you. And you can't ask any more of yourself than your very best. But far too often we live to our feelings. Oh, I want the donut. Oh, yesterday I made a really big sale. Why do I need to make my phone calls today? Don't you see what I sold yesterday? Well, if, if you listen to Jerry Rice, Jerry Rice was not seduced by success. He didn't say, look at my touchdown yesterday. He said, how can I get better today? Yesterday was yesterday. Today is today. Mm -hmm. And so I think when, when, you, when you enter in this silo where you lock in one day at a time, it changes your life. Now, I've lived this way for a long, long time. So 75 hard for me isn't as daunting. The food yeah. is going to be a son of a gun because I love to yeah. eat. You know, no, and I'm not a big drinker, but like I occasionally enjoy a beer. I occasionally yeah. enjoy a glass of wine with my wife over dinner. So like those little things, but it's like sometimes you got to shock the system yeah. to realize, okay, what does that next level truly look like? Yeah. And Lance, I want you to, when you start, I want you to let me know because I know that you can do it. I mean, you're, you're a former almost professional hockey player. Like, you can do this, man. You can choose it. And I'm telling you, that'll be a story for you on your podcast that people are going to want to know about. Yeah. I respect the hell out of you that you just said that you started and you failed, yeah. right? You fell short. But, you know, we never really fail. The first time you didn't get the results you wanted. So get yourself organized. Get yourself locked in. And when you're ready, man, go do it. Yeah. But I wouldn't wait. I wouldn't wait too long, man. I, I would jump in and I would do it because I'm telling you, man, that story for you, man, it's, it's next level stuff. Yeah. And I, dude, I'm seeing that thing pop up everywhere now. It's insane. I'm like, all right, like I, I need to, it's like something's coming into my, my awareness that this is, this is the thing. And I know for myself, the thing that I've lacked is discipline. I've lacked yeah. discipline. I lacked it in all areas of my life growing up. I was in, and the reason I didn't make it as far as the, you know, a lot of guys I, I knew grew and made, you know, millions playing hockey. I was so close, but my discipline was never there where it should have been. And, and now I know that that is the thing. That's the factor. People need discipline in life. You know, regardless if you're working for yourself or your own boss, you need it even more. You know, you need that. And hey, I, you're, you're, you're preaching to the choir. Yeah. Man. Dis discipline, discipline and honoring your disciplines. Man, it's what frees you up to truly live. I mean, yeah. let, let, let's unpack this further, right? 
the individual listening right now, maybe they've struggled with the same as you. Man, I, I've lacked discipline. I've lacked organization. What does a Saturday feel like? A typical Saturday, sometimes it's hard to get out of bed because you're so pissed off at yourself that you weren't disciplined and organized. You're stressing about stuff that you didn't do. We haven't even made it to Sunday night yet. We haven't even made it to Monday morning. You can't even get your ass up out of bed on Saturday because you weren't disciplined during the week. And so here's the problem with discipline. Most people, they jump all the way in and then they realize like, oh my gosh, I I shouldn't have started. Really, the thing about 75 hard, it's a lot of little things. But none of them are so terribly hard. And it's not like Andy says, you have to follow this nutrition plan. You have to do these workouts. No, he gives you a white, two 45-minute workouts. All he says is one has to be outside. He doesn't say you have to run, you have to move weight, you have to do a Peloton bike. No. So he gives you the freedom to choose. Yeah. So you can choose to do these things. And then once you do them, that, that's the key. It's the little disciplines. And those choices repeatedly that cause you to have the success. And far too often, we fall off of the disciplines. We choose not to do it. And then it shows up in these other areas in our lives. And I want everybody to realize that when you make the little adjustments, it's the big successes that happen. So a lot of times with waking up, somebody will say, oh, you wake up at 2.44. I never want to do that. But I'm currently waking up at 6.30. I want to wake up at 4.30. I'm going to start waking up at 4.30 tomorrow. Well, good luck with that. Okay, because for me to get to 244, it was years of I'll increase by 15 minutes, 15 minutes, 30 minutes, 30 minutes. I used to be the guy who woke up at 630 in the morning and then I kept moving it up and moving it up or or moving it back and moving it back and moving it back. And so too many people, they don't realize if you want to wake up two hours earlier, is it better to do it for three days and say you did it for three days and quit? Are you better off to map out a plan and say month one, I'll wake up 30 minutes earlier? month two, another 30, month three, another 30, month four. If it takes you four months to start waking up at 4.30, and then you have two extra hours in your day that you never had to work out, to put your head in a good book, to do the little things that cause you to put on that mental armor that you said, wasn't it worth four months to get there? But everybody wants it so fast, and then you quit. You're setting yourself up for failure. Attack the little disciplines, build on the disciplines, create great habits, it changes your life. Yeah, it's it's so powerful and sometimes we're all looking for this like people are looking for some sort of magic to like fix them and it's just the little things, the littlest things that we do that we can control that are going to have the biggest changes in our lives. That's it. It's uh yeah, man. What are you struggling with right now? Let's let's unpack like you're obviously people will look at you and be like, "Man, this guy can get through anything." Like I, I watched your interview with Andy Vercella on your show. The guy's amazing too. Like I, I just, I've gotten in, I, I just love the energy that you guys bring and how much you bring in that episode as well. And for somebody looking in, they're like, well, oh, it's easy for you to say you're, you got all the tools so you can get through anything, right? Maybe somebody will say that. What do you struggle with? What are, what are some things like that somebody that knows their shit and can get people into that zone still struggles with? Yeah, you know, for me, I think the the biggest struggles, and I'm going to attack it with 75 hard, it's like the food stuff. Mm. You know, it's in in my mind is that, you know, I'll be, and trust me, my nutrition's way better than most. I mean, for a 41-year-old guy, I got to keep myself fit because an NFL player's not going to listen to me. You know, the Kansas State football players, the Alabama players, if I'm 75 pounds overweight, they'll be like, dude, go eat a donut. You want to talk to me about discipline? Right? So it's like, I got to stay locked in. But I would say I'm consistently at 80% of where I need to be on my diet, which 80% is pretty good. 
but like there's no reason that I can't always be at 95%, right? And on 75 hard, you got to be at 100%. There's no cheating. So it's one of those things I know, as silly as that might sound, that it's got to be food for me and that discipline. This program is going to change my life. I already do the workouts. I already work out that much, right? But now it's breaking it up to 45 minutes, like little things like that. I want that next level because I know it's there. And it's, it's not that I was complacent because we've been growing and I've been attacking and always looking for areas to improve. But it's like I got comfortable at 365 straight days of doing the unrequired. As crazy as it sounds, no, like not I got bad. comfortable. <laughs> it, became, it became normal for me. That's just what I do now. Yeah. Well, why be normal? I got to get uncomfortable again. So that was probably the biggest struggle was that decision, that choice. Okay, what am I going to do to shake this up or am I just going to keep doing it? And man, my energy even when I decided and committed to doing it and I plotted it out and created a journal and then you've got the app and you've got all these things. Like I was so fired up about it. My level of intention and focus right now is off the charts and it's going to waver. It's going to go up and down. I'm going to want to cheat just because I teach these concepts doesn't mean mentally I'm not going to want to cheat. I'm going to want to cheat. But once again, I'm not going to do it because it's connected to my mother's birthday. It's connected to that burn. It's connected to that significant purpose. Why I can't cheat. I won't cheat. I'm not going to let it happen. It's interesting how the, there's the triggers in our day that, that are the things that kind of knock us off. You know, what are, if it's your food, like what, what triggers that for you? Like what is the, is it because, is it stress? Is it like, what makes you want to eat something that you know is off the plan? That's what I, I find fascinating. Yeah, I, I grew up in a family <laughs> man where, I grew up in a family man where people just like food. So, just it like, food. so it's just yeah. for, for me, it was just like food. Like it's just naturally ingrained for me. Like if it's for lunch, like what extra can I put on this yeah. to make it taste a little bit better? Right. And so like learning to make those decisions and, you know, so now I've got like a meal service that I use. So, you know, I like preparing dinner, but lunch is prepared. Well, how can you cheat on lunch awesome. if lunch is prepared? Right. Totally. So you can't, can't cheat on lunch. And so little things like that, but I'm like anybody, man, you get done with, with dinner and you're like, man, some bowl ice cream sounds good. Right. Yeah. And I've got a sweet tooth. So it's those things where you got to temper it and learn to just say no and learn to say no. We all have way more uh, willpower and way more control than we give ourselves credit for. We just let ourselves off the hook too easy. And that's why I'm excited about this 75 hard program. Cause I know for me, like there's no letting yourself off the hook. We're going to lock in and find a level. It's like that next level. The unrequired helped me find this crazy level. This is going to take me to even the next level. That's it. I'm doing it. I'm doing it again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude. Man, time flies here. I know we got to look at wrapping it up here. So I, um, I always ask this for everybody, and I know we kind of talked about it a little bit, but out of all the, the lessons, all the adversity you've gone through, all the different things, what is the number one lesson that adversity itself has taught you? Yeah, so it's the greatest life lesson I've ever learned, and I've learned it from my mom. It's not how long you live, it's how you choose to live your life. And you know, for all of us, if we unpack, like, why did I go through this pain? Why is work so hard for me? It comes down to the choices that you made, Yeah. right? You know, I, I faced this challenge growing up as a kid, and I ended up messing in stuff that I shouldn't have messed in. Why did I do that? Choices. Right. And so that's what I learned from my mom, the greatest life lesson. It's not how long you live, it's how you choose to live your life. And so for everybody, I would I would just challenge you over the next 30 days. I want to reel this thing back in because you and I are gonna, you know, I'm already doing it. You're gonna recommit to 75 hard. But you know, for some people that's too extreme. That's okay. Start here for the next 30 days, and you guys can DM me what for the next 30 days, 
I want you to connect to your burn. Whatever that fire is, the first thing you do when you wake up, either write it down on a piece of paper, keep a little burn journal, maybe just take it as a note on your phone, learn to control how you wake up and how you start your day. Far too often people wake up, they're pissed off, they're angry because of what happened yesterday, and then we repeat the cycle. Mm. For the next 30 days, just wake up and connect to your burn. I'm telling you, you're going to unleash that extra fire that lies inside of you. And don't ever forget that everything you need is already in you, but make great choices. I learned it from my mom, and that's a lesson that will last forever. Dude, so much fire there. Where can everybody find you? What can we look forward to and learn and that you got coming out? Anything that you're working on right now or where's the best place to learn more about you? So uh, at continued fight. So at continued fight, that's our Instagram and our Twitter. And then if people are interested in learning about our, our coaching program, the unrequired.com, you know, for, for one-on-one, you know, there's only so many clients I, I take on and I am by far uh, not the cheapest coach in the world. So we have created a program that it's, a, it is such a low cost because it's so important to me to be able to meet everybody where they are that the unrequired uh, program, unrequired.com, will help you work on these disciplines. There's videos for me every single month. There's seven plus hours of video inside of a mental toughness academy and the mental toughness playbook. And I'll tell you guys, if you come and become a member of the academy and it doesn't work, I'll give you your money back. <laughs> it's, not, it's not about the money. But if you give everything away for free, people don't take it serious. And you have to invest in yourself and you have to invest in that next level of your life. Totally, man. We'll have all that in the show notes. Dude, I, I could talk to you for hours and it's like time <laughs> runs out so fast. I feel like we didn't even scratch the surface, man. As no, as hey, let me like, tell you, 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 you do an awesome interview. And sometimes I think people get so caught up in, man, I'm going to send you these perfect questions. And yeah. I'll let you in on a little secret. Anybody who sends me questions, I don't read them before because I'm a guy yeah. who just rolls. So it's yeah. like you got, and so I love, man, when we started, you were like, man, we're just going to roll and we're going to have a conversation and it comes out very natural. And uh, I was fired up to be on the show, especially University of Adversity. Now yeah. you realize that, uh, that, that <laughs> I've got a degree. I, I have a doctorate in uh, the University of Adversity. So, yeah, man. Uh, and I didn't, I didn't even get into the other stuff. But I know. Uh, well, I I'll, I'll, hey, I'll, I'll tell you, you wanna, what, we've all, we've all been through it. I'll do it again. Do you want to come for round two, man? I would love that. Maybe we can go for round two and talk about progress on 75 hard. Let's uh, yeah, re reach out and yeah. uh, maybe let's do it. So after September the 18th and we'll go through the experience. Now yeah. I'm putting people in the seats. You're going to yeah. see what I'm really made of. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, thank you so much for this. And I honestly, I love your work. I love what you're doing. And yeah, man, thank you so much. Thanks, Lance. I appreciate you and appreciate everybody tuning in. Thanks, everybody. If you guys got value from that, share with a friend, leave us a review. And if you haven't already, hit that subscribe button on Apple. It's free. Stay on top of the episodes Monday, Wednesday, Friday. We're bringing the heat to you. I'm going to continue to deliver the value, the gold-filled lessons of overcoming adversity, everybody. Adversity shows up in all areas of my life. The more we can get comfortable with embracing that, the better you can be at taking on anything in your life and getting to the next level. Love you guys. Appreciate you. We'll catch you next time.